Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Mr. Jermaine Harrison. Hey, what's up, guys? Glad to be here. Jermaine, I'm so glad you're here. You're one of Join the Journey's biggest fans. Yes, sir. I love Join the Journey. I love the opportunity to spend time in God's Word every day. I love listening to you, Emma, give all of your wisdom and the other guests that have been on here. So I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Jermaine. And we work together at Watermark. You want to tell, for those who don't know you, little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. Okay, so my name is Jermaine Harrison. I'm the students director here at Watermark overseeing our ministries to students in grades 6 through 12, which includes Wake, which is 6th through 8th grade, Shoreline, which is 9th through 12th grade, and Regeneration for Students, which is our recovery ministry for students in grades 6 through 12. And I count it a privilege and a joy to um, help guide future generations to follow Jesus and be the church. Um, It is an amazing opportunity for my heart and for our team and for all of our hundreds of young adult volunteers that meet with students every week during the school year to love them, to care about their lives, to share God's word with them, and to guide them to the abundant life that is found in Jesus. So if you're in your 20s or 30s and you're, you're wondering, where should I serve in a church? Hit me up and come serve with us. Love it. I love it. And today we are in 1 John 2, right? Yes, 1 John chapter 2. Why 1 John 2? Um, Man, this passage is so simple and yet so challenging and maybe even so hard to apply to our lives, which is something I, I resonate with because I grew up in the church. I understood, you know, what a Christian was supposed to do and not do, if you will, from a from a legalistic and performance based perspective. And I love that first John chapter two specifically, but this whole book of first John talks about um, the opportunity we have for fellowship with with God afforded to us by Jesus and his sacrifice and how we live in response and in light of how Jesus has made us new. And so it's not just behavior modification. It's not just a list of things to do, but Jesus does make you new and as a result changes the way you live. So that's why I chose it. And I love this passage. I love the the idea is like that John is this elder statesman, if you will, and he's really like maybe the last of his generation that saw Jesus in person Mm -hmm. and he's passing on the, you know, the family values. If you read through my Devo, that's kind of like the, the, um, the idea that I ran with that this, this elder statesman is passing on the family values of what it means to live in fellowship with God and love your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, um, I think it's a powerful and important passage. It's so good. I, I loved in your Devo, you, you posed this illustration or this real life example where you and your wife were like, hey, what are our, our family values for the Harrisons? And we know the church's family values, Big C Church, super clear. But oftentimes we can forget them, right? Even if you're the church kid who's been in the church your whole life. And I know in my own life, there are certain things like, for example, working for the approval of man. I know if I look at First John 2, When John says, hey, I'm writing because your sins are forgiven for his namesake, I can often think, oh, 
God forgave my sins, and I don't have to be perfect because Christ died on the cross for me. But when I come to work, I need to be perfect and perform. And I forget, hey, I'm in the, the family of God first before I'm an employee, a student, whatever. Yes. Like you, you, you have to get verse one right before you move on to how should we then live? So like verse one says, my little children, I love that endearing language that if you are a follower of Jesus, you've placed your faith and trust in his finished work on the cross and his resurrection. You are God's dear child. He says, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So every day, Jesus is alive, making intercession for us. It wasn't just a one-time thing where he, you know, died on the cross and rose again. Like, yes, he ultimately paid for the, the penalty of sin then. But his continued life means that that payment continues to live on. And so that just gives us us so much more freedom and understanding to live in a way that honors him when we know that we don't have to perform, but that he makes us new and we get to live our lives in a different way. And so that's why verse number six is so important. It says, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Other translations say those who abide in Jesus should live as Jesus did. And so that idea of, okay, What does it mean to live like Jesus did? Answer, look at how he lived. Read through the Gospels as we have in the journey this this past year. And you see Jesus marked by humility, marked by service, marked by sharing the truth of God's word, of sharing the truth of who God is, his 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 kindness, his nature, his sovereignty, his power, his care, and, and being marked by an obedience to him. I think obedience gets a bad rap around the church maybe, oh, yeah. um, you know, where obeying God can easily be perceived as legalism because a lot of us, maybe if we've grown up in a moral home or grown up in the church, um, you know, we, we, we unintentionally swing the pendulum the other way and fail to realize how God's word invites us and calls us to live a completely different way, the way that Jesus lived. The way Jesus lived is unnatural to us. That's why he lived that way perfectly. And that's why he sent his spirit to indwell us so that we can be empowered to live that way. And so some of the things that I kind of took out of this chapter of the way that we should live, first of all, is, you know, like I referenced in my in my devotional, is that uh, if you're a part of God's family or a follower of Jesus, that you you know, follow his instructions and and obey his instructions and follow Jesus's example. So in, in other words, what God's word has to say about fill in the blank topic in your life, obeying God's will, decisions that you make, the way you treat others, being marked by humility and service versus pride and selfishness, and selfishness and so many other things like those are things that should mark you and you should be striving to to in increasing measure every single day to be more and more yielded to Christ and his way. Like that's what's true and should be true in your life if you're a follower of Jesus. And that's pretty clear in this passage. So what if I'm I'm hearing that and I'm like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I know I should be doing those things. But I am in one of two situations. What if I'm missing the mark and we're reading through First John 2, I'm listening to this podcast and I'm feeling super convicted because I haven't been doing those things. What do I do? Or what if I'm trying really hard and I feel like I just keep getting it wrong? I'm stuck in the same 
Yeah. Same cycle. I think First John chapter 2 gives you a pretty simple formula, if you will. Like he's basically talking about this idea of fellowship and being in fellowship with God. You know, if you read First John chapter 1, it is being in, in right relationship you know, with God. And that only comes through Jesus. And so you've got to remind yourself every single day, we would all do well to remind ourselves of the gospel, that today I get to live a life that honors the Lord because he loved me first and sent his son to die and to raise again to, you know, for the payment of mm-hmm. my sins. And he empowers me to 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 live for him. And so we we live in fellowship with God and right relationship with him first and foremost because of Jesus. And then we continue to live in fellowship with him, if you will, as we yield ourselves to his spirit. And so for the person who feels stuck or feels like they're trying and they're not measuring up, like First John chapter 2 gives you a simple criteria for how you're measuring up. And it, it talks a lot about your relationship with other believers. Like, remember, he's writing to Christians and he's saying that this is how you should live in, in relation to one another. So let me read maybe verse 9. It says this, whoever says he is in, in the light, that is, has a relationship with God, through Jesus Christ and hates his brother is still in darkness. And so one of the greatest ways that you can tell whether you're getting it right, quote unquote, is you assessing your relationships with other believers. Are you are you whole? Have you resolved conflict? Are you more marked by humility and generosity and respect and forgiveness in the context of relationships? Or are you more marked by uh, mistreatment and harsh words and selfishness and pride and jealousy. self-righteousness mm-hmm. and jealousy and on and on we can go. And so a good question is, where do my relationships with other Christians stand? And that's a good tell of, you know, how you're doing. And man, in the midst of that, God's grace is enough. He's not mad at you. He's grieved by your sin if you're not right in your relationships with other believers. But he also wants more for you and wants a better way for you and has provided that for you. So I think understanding the gospel, understanding the grace that is extended to us in the midst of those, you know, those moments where we're not in right relationship with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, that there's grace and that there's a path forward. We're about out of time. So wrapping up, Jermaine, how do you live differently because of what we read in First John 2? Yes, I would say the way I live differently because of this is that it gives a simple, it uncomplicates what can feel complicated. How do I live to please God or how do I live in fellowship with him? And at the end of the day, it comes down to a very clear, tangible, um, you know, criteria of how are my relationships doing. And so for me, that's how am I um, in relationship with my wife? Like, am I serving her? Am I caring for her? What's my attitude towards her? Um, how am I in relationship with my coworkers or my, my 18 month old son? Am I more angry or annoyed or frustrated? Or do I view him as a gift of a life to be stewarded and to be shepherded towards God? And so I think just reflecting on conversations, reflecting on your heart, reflecting on your 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 thoughts is something that God allows you to do and invites you to do, you know, whenever you're spending time with him to truly have a, a, a an honest assessment of how your day went at walking in fellowship with God. And again, there's no condemnation if it didn't go great. There's instead forgiveness and grace and 
uh, a new morning of mercies and a new opportunity to to live and live like Jesus did. I love it, Jermaine. Thanks for being here. Thank you for sharing and, and spending time praying over this passage. And as always, I am so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, join the journey, people. We'll see you. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.